It's your Locked On Flyers podcast for Friday, May 20th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that's going to stay on this Barry Trotz carousel as long as we can. Enjoy the ride. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello once again. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here with the incredible Russ Cohen, who's on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow us on Twitter at LockedOnFlyers. You'll keep up to date on our episodes and all the Flyers news. You can also email the show at LockedOnFlyers at gmail.com. We've got a lot to talk about on today's show. We have an interview to talk about with Ooh. Barry Trotz. We have a re-signing of Nick Sealer. We're going to actually talk a little bit about the role of team president and what's happening around the league and how that could maybe inform the Flyers management structure. And uh, we'll wrap up the week with a little bit of fun talking about the Kachucks and our gritty thing of the week. Lockdown Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, YouTube, wherever you get podcasts. Hit that subscribe button. You'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Russ, big, huge signing news. Could not believe it. So excited. Nick Sealer was re-signed. Water is wet. Like this was a virtual <laughs> lock. But what it wasn't a virtual lock is the fact that they gave him a two-year deal. Uh, here's the ramifications. Yeah. Well, let's talk it. about the basics of the deal okay. real quick. So it is a two-year deal, like you said, where the first year of the deal is a one-way deal. So he gets paid at the NHL level, no matter if he's playing for the Flyers or the Phantoms. The mm -hmm. second year is a two-way deal, so he'll get paid at the AHL salary if he gets sent down to Lehigh Valley. It's a 775000 a year contract, which is barely above league minimum. So it's it's not a ton of money, and it's expected he would play a similar role, ostensibly with less injuries, so he would play less games. But uh, he did actually get in 43 games this past season and had a whopping goal and two assists. If he is your number seven for the next two years, you're a bad hockey team. That's all I'm going to say. There is no market demand for Nick Sealer. Two years ago, he wasn't even in the game. So if you'd have gone to Nick Sealer and said, hey, I'll give you a two-way deal and not even guarantee the 775, and he might have said, his agent might have said, hey, we're going to look around. I'd be like, fine, go look around, and you know it's here, and come back. Like, that's what you do. You don't lock this guy up for two years, even though, yes, everybody's like cavalier about it. Well, you know, you could just bury it in the AHL, or hey, he'll just be a phantom in two years. But like, you know what? In two years, he might be a phantom. But guess what? If there's injuries, he might have to be your call-up because you don't have anybody else, and you're going to be paying him again. And that's where it's a problem. All these 775s add up eventually. They do. Yeah, I think that's, for me, you know, it's not the worst thing in the world. It's something no. we expected. We talked about it. Mm -hmm. And so if you kind of have to resign yourself to somebody being your seventh defenseman and it's Nick Sealer, it's not the end of the world. And this is nothing against Nick Sealer. He is no, no, no. This the is epitome all about... of nice guy tries hard. Yes. He really yeah. does. He brings a lot of energy. He brings a lot of enthusiasm. 
Um, like I said, he does work really hard and he's done a lot to try and get himself in a position to be an NHL defenseman and not just play in the AHL. So I do give him personally a lot of credit for that. It's just that there are so many people in the pool of players like Nick Sealer, some of which could offer you more offensively and more defensively for that matter. Well, yeah, the same I mean, amount of money. Yeah. I mean, just think about it this way. I think they have five defensemen locked up, two are in ELCs in Adder and York. And you don't expect Adder really to start with the team. You have three RFAs and you still have a couple UFA spots to, to fill. You just gave him 775 and you've got 5.1 left to spend unless you do other things. Like, was he really the first thing you should be doing here? Yeah, that's also a question I have, right? It it just shows what your priorities are. And I'm not sure what the rush was here. That if you could have a handshake agreement with him that this is what you're planning on doing, but the timing to announce just isn't right. Like, don't worry, Nick, we got you, but we've got to focus on some other things publicly right now. Like, that's okay with me, too. Honestly, it's just like we've been talking about uh, the last couple of weeks and even on yesterday's show talking about perception and prioritization that this is not the thing that shows that you're making big moves or thinking outside the box in any way. Right. Like, here's an example. Here's an example. And it's devil's advocate. But the Rangers just signed a guy out of Sweden, like a big centerman, right? Nobody knows him. I don't know him. But at least the unknown sometimes is better than the known because you feel like, yeah, you are going out of your comfort zone. You are. So if this guy would have been announced instead of Nick Sealer, because let's say they like this guy better than Patrick Brown, and I'm just giving you examples, then you would say to yourself, okay, look, there's something different going on here. With this one, there's nothing different going on here. And as a matter of fact, they're they're still not operating it from a position of strength with contracts. That's what yeah. that showed me. Yeah, the the two-year aspect of it, absolutely. And I just don't see it as a good element of the big picture, like we're talking about. But again, you know, not the worst thing in we'll the see. world. Yeah, we'll I'll see. move on from it. We'll see. it. All right. We also heard on Twitter, I think it was initially from Anthony Sanfilippo, but it is clear that Barry Trotz is interviewing with the Flyers today. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty exciting, I think, in that they are actually doing it. And Barry Trotz just didn't say no off the bat to mm-hmm. the conversation to begin with. That is a good sign that he's entertaining the possibility. And maybe there's something that he could say or that Chuck Fletcher says that maybe makes him think about the Flyers in a different way. Right. But this is where I had said I wanted to be first because you know and I know a lot of times when you get to interview somebody first and you make a super great impression, you've now given that person something to think about. So let's say Winnipeg gave this amazing impression. The Flyers now have to somehow outdo that. And that's the challenge here. I hope they can, but we'll yeah, see. It's, it is interesting you mentioned that because there are advantages to being first and there are yes. advantages to being last. With the yeah, if you're absolutely last, mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. So but we don't think he'll be last on this. We'll no. the Flyers will be last, though. No. So uh, again, I just I think it's a really good sign that they made the overture. He's going to talk to them, 
And God, I just hope that they can give them a good sell and give them a good sales pitch. And I think that one of the things that the Flyers can offer to Barry Trotz is control because the coaching staff is wide open. And I think that they can give Barry Trotz full control to do whatever he wants and say, we've had trouble making these pieces and parts that are all very good come together in a way to make them win. Barry, whatever you want, you can do it because this is this would be your team now. Now you could do that and say that, but then publicly you're sort of like stripping Chuck Fletcher a little bit. And so like honestly things, is that's okay with me. <laughs> I, I know, I know, but sometimes that could cause turmoil when things aren't going right in the season and everybody starts writing, well, it's up to trots now because he holds the hammer. Like it's one thing to give the hammer to the coach. It's another thing to have to deal with the ramifications of that. That said, I'm not against you. I think, I think you might be right. I think the biggest thing is, is they have to be really honest about what their plan is for this team and lay it all out for him. And if they don't have a comprehensive plan on what they're doing, he's not going to sign with them. No, but again, I think it's good news that at least they're talking and we'll see what comes of it. And, you know, I think hopes are not extremely high, but getting the interview is even a little better than we might have expected in the first place. So we'll look at it as a win. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about some management structure issues and the role of the team president and how it's working on other teams versus the Flyers and the pros and cons of it. Very excited for that conversation coming up next. But first, y'all, I just received a package of birthday cake puffs from Built Bar, and I have never had anything this delicious before in a protein bar. They're available right now, so get them today at Built.com. If you haven't tried the puffs, you really need to get in on this. They're the best protein bar I've ever tasted. They're a chocolate-covered marshmallow protein bar. Delicious marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. You can make every day your birthday with Built's Birthday Cake Puffs. They've taken the delicious experience of biting into a fresh slice of birthday cake and covered it in 100% white chocolate. Then they added sprinkles, and who doesn't love sprinkles? Let's be real. With 150 calories, but 16 grams of protein and only 9 grams of sugar, this limited time flavor is an amazing option if you're looking for a healthy way to get flavor and variety in your day. And they're made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. So go to Built.com to get birthday cake puffs now with the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. It's nightly recaps of every NHL game with analysis from local experts. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Russ, you brought this up when we were talking, and it's a really interesting conversation because I think one of the things that's been most fun for me about this offseason so far is the Boston Bruins kind of imploding. I think it's remarkable what's going on there. I think there's some smoke coming out of their house. There really is. They're just not sure what's going on there. I think fans are getting nervous. And there was a quote from Cam Neely, who is the president of the Boston Bruins. 
saying, I think we have to look at changing how we do some things. I think Bruce, meaning Bruce Cassidy, is a fantastic coach, but I do think we need to make some changes with how we coach. And that kind of leaves the door open to maybe, you know, Bruce Cassidy is not returning to the Boston Bruins as head coach, or if he does, he's on a very short leash. He's on a short leash because they extended him. Exactly. So Cam Neely is the team president. Of course, Don Sweeney is the GM. And that is Cam Neely kind of vocalizing on behalf of team management when normally a GM would be doing and saying these kinds of things. And we talked uh, earlier this week about Brendan Shanahan in Toronto in a similar kind of oversight or shadowy figure Mm -hmm. kind of maybe... Uh, talking over what Kyle Dubas, who is the official GM of the Toronto Maple Leafs, have has been saying. And it's a really interesting structure and in that these team presidents are kind of overpowering or taking some power from their GMs. Yeah. I mean, when these structures are set up and Cam Neely is everybody knows is, you know, talks to Jeremy Jacobs all the time. You know, basically, Cam Neely is like the CEO. And so the buck stops with him. So what he's done here is he's extended his his GM and coach, but he's extended them with circumstances. And so, like, what was Bruce Cassidy doing now differently than he was doing before when he was winning? Nothing, except he doesn't have the same talent level because Don Sweeney hasn't given him a good enough roster, and he's got some aging players that they've gotten rid of that Don Sweeney hasn't replaced. They didn't replace David Krejci. They barely replaced Tory Krug. And so, like, what what else do you want Cassidy to do? There was there were times this year where I applauded Cassidy because his team wasn't even playing at times, and he really prodded them to the point where he was like, "Listen, you guys, you got to get it together." And he was saying it in game on TV because he was frustrated. Um, They've also with, mismanaged some of the younger players, like Zach yeah. Sension and Jack Studnika. I, I just feel like. DeBrusque. Yeah, Jake DeBrusque. I think it's happening on both ends of their it roster is. right now, which is absolutely remarkable that is not something i ever would have thought would be happening with the boston bruins no but again i think you're seeing the results the after aftershock of losing chara losing krug most likely losing bergeron here and now like marchand is like the last man standing from from that core and they're trying to build a new core but they laid out a lot of assets to do that and so they don't have the same amount of assets to trade. They're a pretty good drafting team, but um, obviously they've had troubles in drafts. So we don't need to go back to that. Although I'm on Bruins TV on one of them, so I'm, I've made history on, on one <laughs> of them. But at the end of the day, they're in a tough spot. And I don't think Cam Neely helped the situation by basically being the um, power forward here and beating on his two underlings to kind of say, get it in gear, it's up to you guys, and he just sits back. Yeah, and like I said, we were talking about something similar with Brendan Shanahan, where we see the future of Kyle Dubas kind of tied in with the coach there, right, mm-hmm. with Keefe. So oh, yeah. that Shanahan is kind of like the last word on all He's these already things. got his extension. He's safe. Yeah, yeah. So it's just... Having a powerful team president like this has some implications in terms of the sense of urgency and the perception of the team, I think, in the public sphere and 
kind of riles up speculation. And the Flyers are the exact opposite of this because we don't have a separate team president. You know, Chuck Fletcher is president and GM. There are several teams that have this combination position here. But it's dying out. That That's starting to die out. And so I think that when we talk about accountability for a guy like Chuck Fletcher, he just has Dave Scott, who's basically a cheerleader in the background who doesn't know enough about hockey to his own admission mm-hmm. to be an effective guy in terms of that accountability, especially in the public eye. And to me, I would rather have, especially when the Flyers are in a situation where they haven't had success and everything that the team has tried hasn't worked, essentially, for the past few years. You know, I want somebody else out there with some accountability. If it comes with some negatives in terms of having mixed messaging, I think for now I'm okay with that, to be honest. Yeah, see, like when it's coming from the Bruins, as an example, you know that Cam Neely is, you know, basically acting on behalf of ownership, right? Mm-hmm. Um, with the Flyers, it's like ownership isn't one person. So Dave Scott is another, you know, guy in that organization that answers to other people in the organization, but have other titles. There's not one person that's in charge of the Flyers anymore. Where some of these teams, there is one person, and that one person wants to sort of stay out of it, which is good. By the way, I don't mind that. Because I do think if you do that, the fans can't really grab onto you as the owner and love you or hate you. They, you know, you're kind of like sitting in the box watching, which I think a lot of times is the best thing for the owner to do. But um, I think at some point the Flyers should change the structure uh, because I don't think anybody is worthy of two titles anymore. You know, Ken Holland is the other one as an example. And listen. If they had any kind of goaltending, you know, they'd be up one nothing in the series already on a series that a lot of people didn't give them a chance for. And this is the same thing problem for the last three years. I think teams operate too much like Fortune 500 companies now. And as a result, I think you have to have more oversight and less dual uh, positions as a result. Well, and I think your point is a really good one with corporate ownership in Comcast. Like you, if you were going to have accountability in this team, you do have to have that focused team president who's running everything. And you have like a Chuck Fletcher and um, Valerie, who's on the business side, both of them reporting Mm -hmm. in to that person. And I think that provides that valuable oversight. I mean, even in Buffalo, which has made some really good moves recently in terms of creating good opportunity for the future kim pagula who's owner she's also the team president there so there's nothing like having the owner as the team president in your operations i mean mean, because literally the the buck the buck stops there yeah and there's good and bad to that like i said there can be a micromanagement uh, that could interfere with some things you're trying to do but at the same time i just think in some circumstances you need that extra hand and dave scott is not that extra hand no he's not and it's not like you have to be forceful like cam neely like that's his personality i don't hold it against him that's cam neely right because he's a hockey guy he's not a business yes right right but i think there is something to being business forceful like basically sending the report to your gm saying we're hemorrhaging money here or ease up on the cap or this is what you could spend this off season or whatever. Like, I think there is something to that. And right now, you know, with the flyers, it's like, Hey, you got a blank check, but it's like, 
but they don't have a blank check. You only have a blank check in the front office. There is a finite amount uh, on the cap space, and we pointed that out in the last segment. So writing a blank check isn't isn't doesn't do you any good here. No, because if you don't have the money to spend, who cares right. how much? It's just a statement can, in the air, yeah. in the ether. Yeah. Now it, it does sort of help them on the coaching side in terms of the blank yeah, sure. check, but at at the same time, I don't know. I think you still have to have the room to improve the team from a personnel side to attract somebody, no matter how much you're willing to pay them. And I, I think that's going to be a challenge. You know, we talked about what are the Flyers going to say to Barry Trotz in the first segment. Without, I think, a strong hand in the president role here as a second voice from the team to sell this team to a Barry Trotz, I think that's a real challenge. When you just have Chuck Fletcher saying, trust me, Barry, I'm here for you, baby. You know, yeah, like, well, like, what is that? Like, as an example, Chuck's got to ask Barry, would you want, Travis, if you were the coach here, would you want us to extend Travis Sandheim? What are your thoughts on that? And what if Trot says, I don't see Sam behind the future plans. You could deal. Well, that's an important thing to know now before you go and extend them. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you have to hope that, yeah, Trotz would like Ristolainen or at least would give him a chance because he is extended. So these are things that you have to let the coach in on early on, even when he's not your coach, simply because, you know, otherwise he may not want the job. I think that's such a huge point as well in terms of making sure it's clear that the coach does have some influence in terms of the personnel because if they're going to have a particular system that they're going to want to use they need to have personnel that can execute on it right and you know if you're stuck with like a a few people because of their contracts the ones you're not stuck with you're going to need to provide some flexibility for whoever that is yeah 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 because he might say hey um I would like to get X, Y, and Z in free agency. And then it's up to Chuck to do it, right? Yeah, it really is. But I just... Or in a trade or whatever. Yeah, thinking about all of this, I do really wish we had a much stronger hand in the team president role or the the corporate oversight role from Comcast. I just think that, like we've said, on one hand, it's good because they are an endless fountain of money to some degree. But at the same time, what does that do you if you're not running things right? Yeah, you, money without the accountability, you lose something. You yeah. do. All right, we're going to wrap things up with some fun topics to end out the week. We'll talk about the Kachucks having some fun out west in the playoffs. We'll have our gritty thing of the week, and it'll be a good Friday for all of us. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next year's NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right. The playoffs are into round two. There's a lot of fun stuff going on, but I think one of the most exciting things about the playoffs so far has been the brotherly love between the Kachucks. And Matthew is having a good series, I think, so far for the Calgary Flames. And 
Brady, who, of course, is on the Ottawa Senators, uh, is in the stands having fun, mixing it up with the fans. Uh, Just a huge part of the action, I think. And there's been a little bit of controversy about that, given that he's on a different team. It's made up controversy. It is dumb. It is dumb. But I think the fact that he's being so supportive and showing up for all these games is so I love it so much. Like the hockey brothers are so much fun to me. Yeah. I mean, look, the Flyers have had the Watsons. They've had the Sutters like Mm -hmm. they, you know, Flyers fans get it. Look, I I, I said on another show, anybody named Cohen, if they're in a sport, I'm rooting for them. (laughs) So if somebody's my family member or a brother, of course, I'm rooting for them. And that means, yeah, wearing all the gear, jumping up and down, cheering them when they score. Um, I also like the fact that Keith Kachuk did not want to throw his hat into the, uh, <laughs> into the onto the ice when Matthew got the uh, hat trick. I thought that was great because he's like, ah, no, I need. Listen, take it from a you know mostly bald guy like me. You need that hat later on. So I get it. Yeah. And we have some seen some stories, not to this scale before, but of course, Cal O'Reilly who's the captain of the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. His younger brother is Ryan O'Reilly, who's captain of the St. Louis Blues. And Cal has talked ad nauseum about how much he loves Ryan and he supports him. And, you know, when they won the Stanley Cup, how cool it was. And that, you know, their family is huge into supporting each other, no matter what level they're playing at in hockey. And and I've definitely loved to watch that unfold in past yeah. years and i mean brady's season is yeah. over what do you want for him to do yeah just like sit at home while his no. brother's in the playoffs doing this well. is why the kachuks are awesome they're all awesome <laughs> if you ever speak to them they are down to earth normal people who just happen to be great at hockey and that's fantastic for the sport yeah i will have to say i do not love them on the ice just from a no, you know, they are that. known for some dirty plays now and again. And so I'm, they're not my favorite people on the ice, but I do appreciate who they are off the ice. I think they're a ton of fun and have a ton of personality. And so it's, it's been a lot of fun to watch it and it's been a bright element of the playoffs so far. And it keeps fans like us, whose team is not in it engaged in a really good way. And that's good for the, the sport overall. It's always good for the sport. All right, we are going to end the week with Gritty, and I think that they're starting to recycle some material, Russ, yeah, <laughs> with, yeah, um, well, you know. on Instagram and on TikTok. They posted some of those images and a video from when they uh, were interacting with the other team mascots. We've seen some of this before. So there's like a still photo um, with like the Colts mascot and the Vikings mascot Mm -hmm. and the Chicago Bulls one as well. And then there was that um, there was a a TikTok video about it as well. They were throwing stuff at Gritty, which is Mm -hmm. kind of funny and interactive. Very. Yeah. So it is funny, but again, a little bit of recycled material from earlier in the season. And then there was another TikTok that was really fun using a an audio from a different video about the pygmy demon rat, which is phenomenal. The fact that they did this like kind of overlay of images of Gritty to this audio about the pygmy demon rat. And I think 
you know, gritty as a pygmy demon rat kind of checks out. Why not? All right. That'll do it for today's show and for the week. We will be back on Monday. Of course, we'll have our nemesis of the week. There's always something to get riled up about in the world of Flyers hockey, and we will have that for you on Monday. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. Send us in your mailbag questions via Twitter at LockdownFlyers, or you can email us at LockdownFlyers at gmail.com. I'm Rachel. Once again, I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russell Matt Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. You made us your first listen today. Now make your second listen, Locked On NHL. From first round matchups to each Stanley Cup final victory, Locked On NHL covers the playoffs like no other. Hear the latest news and opinions from local experts every Monday through Friday. And I am on today's show, the Friday show. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great weekend, everybody.